want to build a community and share other women's stories. Hi everyone and welcome to Tea with TE, the She Who Leads series. Today I'm very excited. We have Ashley Crandall with us. She is the CFO of the Americas region at Capgemini. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Terry. Wonderful to be here. We're so excited to have you on and I know that you've got a really interesting story in terms of talking about female empowerment, but also the journey that you've been on to get you to where you are today. So would love to just start by giving everybody a bit of an introduction, if possible. Do you mind sharing a bit of background on your career to date and, and how you've got to where you are? Absolutely. Um, so currently I'm the uh, America CFO for Capgemini. And uh, Capgemini is a technology services company um, partnering to help bring company solutions. It's uh, I've been here almost two years and uh, TE actually helped, uh, helped uh, bring that connection together. So it was a really great, um, great experience for me. And thus far, I've been very happy with Capgemini. It's a great company. And, um, and it's funny, I always reference the, the journey that I've had in my career. And I do feel each journey at each step is kind of a stepping stone to where you are today. Um, I never, you know, when I started my career said, I want to be a CFO. I think some people maybe do, but I never really did. I, I kind of, um, I always just gave it my all in every role I had and enjoyed the journey as it kind of played out. Um, I started my formal finance career in GE with their finance program and I then uh, went into internal audit with GE and then had a kind of a more firm role. But um, for the first kind of four years of my career, I was living out of a suitcase and traveling the globe and getting a, a lot of um, breadth and uh, experience across different uh, industries as well as different areas of finance. And, uh, and, and it was, uh, it was, GE was a, a great company, um, a great place to learn and a kind of melting pot of, of good ideas um, and different backgrounds. So that was uh, a really, really fun and, and place to be young in my career. And then I joined a technology company, uh, software space, and had a, a lot of different divisional CFO roles there. Also, um, you know, it was nice to, to be kind of in a smaller business. It was about a billion dollar business. Um, so really, you know, kind of a, a bigger fish in a smaller pond, I guess you could say, versus GE. And, uh, and you know, that afforded me a lot of opportunities to really um, dig in and kind of have a, a bigger pulse on, on a lot of areas. And then, uh, then I moved on into the technology services space and with a company for a few years. And then uh, that kind of led me to Capgemini. So um, it's been a, a fun journey. And I always say I started my formal finance career um, because I actually say I started my, my career in the army. I was in the army for nine years total. Two years were full time and then the rest was reserves. And, um, and the military for me was, uh, was a, a kind of a last minute decision, but one that I always um, am so glad I made. I learned really great leadership skills and, um, you know, just some really good fundamental values uh, that really carry with me today in the workplace and uh, in life. So it's been, like I said, a, a fun, uh, fun journey. I think everyone's journeys are different, but um, that's kind of 
what makes some of these podcasts and things enjoyable is just hearing how yeah. different people get there. Exactly. And thank you so much for, for giving that oversight. I think our listeners would love to hear about the army a little bit more because I imagine it was quite formative in terms of how it shaped you as a person. And I know you've talked a little bit about the reasons why you went into the army too, which I think are very interesting. So I would love to just hear a little bit more on that. Yeah. So um, I, I probably don't look like your typical army person. Um, and uh, and that's kind of true. I was always, uh, always loved my pearls and uh, being very girly. And I think that's why I took many people by surprise when I decided to join the, the military. Um, even my mother, she cried when I told her. Oh. So it was, um, <laughs> it was uh, not a decision I took lightly. But for me, it was, um, I've always been very kind of financially driven. Yeah. And I've always loved numbers and having, uh, you know, a good control of money. And, uh, and so for me, the army was a way to really help pay for school and have a little bit of extra income so that I could exit school, you know, with savings in the bank versus in debt. And, um, and so that was kind of my initial motivation for going in. And then when I went in, I realized, um, I gained so much more from it, um, you know, going in as a female, I was in uh, a military base that was the first summer for basic training that they were allowing females on the base. Um, it was all male previously. And even in my class of 200, um, with both male and female, I graduated third in my class, which was a huge accomplishment. And I, and it, I realized myself like, wow, I mean, you know, even in kind of these different skill sets being utilized, um, I can do something that I set my mind to and I can be, you know, I can kind of compete with uh, the best of them. And it really built confidence in me and myself in, in unique ways that I would have never um, kind of known or explored otherwise. Uh, and then also just, um, you know, I think the army really teaches you how important team is, uh, you know, that team unit. And when you go into any mission, if someone isn't kind of in it and, uh, you know, is having an off day that can affect the entire mission. And so just making sure that everyone on the team is working together and focused and happy and, you know, it is, is so important and um, you'll get so much more success out of that team. And I, and I believe that that really holds true in everything we do in the workplace as well. And so some of those just fundamentals uh, were really good to kind of really witness hands-on and, yeah. and also take with me into the workforce. I think such a, and like a, it's such a strange opportunity that it was the first time where obviously it was the first time where females could get involved and, as you say, it wasn't something that you were necessarily thinking about or your mom either by the sounds of it, <laughs> pursuing yeah. going down that route. But how was that as a female? Did you find it empowering? I I did. Um, and I, I think, you know, we've, I think I've been fortunate in my generation, at least. Um, my, my mother was in the workforce as well. And I think, you know, every generation has had to kind of pave the way for the next one. Um, but I, I think we, we are, and we continue to be in this environment where every everyone wants to see how can we help females? How can we help them be more successful in, in the army or in the workforce and, um, you know, kind of 
breaking down barriers and, and such. And, and I felt that I, I really felt that even in the, the military, um, you know, they were really kind of helping. I mean, I remember in um, kind of like a teen magazine, yeah. there was, you know, army advertisements with them. I remember a, a makeup, um, it was like makeup and then a little camo pack in the makeup and it was yeah. just targeted oh. directly towards females. Um, and so I think, you know, I was kind of in this generation where I feel, you know, really they wanted to, to see female and they were kind of really playing with putting females in roles that were traditionally more male driven. Um, and, and I think many women stepped up to the plate, you know, and showed that we, we could kind of, we could do that. And, um, and it's really helped, I think, transform, you know, the, the, the military, but even many other areas. And was there part of you during that process that thought this is the first time that women are able to be part of this? That I really want to show them that we are equal. Because obviously you did come third. So there must have been some competitive streak. In I think I, I'm just competitive in general. And I, <laughs> and I, and like I said, I'd never, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's that imposter syndrome that people talk yeah. about a lot where, you know, I, whenever I go into something new, I always have a little bit of self-doubt in the back of my mind. I know I shouldn't, but you know, going into the army, I mean, I never picked up a weapon. I had never, yeah. you know, competed against men for many physical tasks, as well as even um, some tasks that are just under pressure, you know, and, 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 um, and so, uh, I mean, even putting on how fast you can put on a gas mask when you're really in a room where they're pumping, um, you know, tear gas into yeah. it. There's just so many situations where, you know, you're, you're kind of put into unique situations that you haven't been in before. And, um, and that really, you know, so, so I think for me, I just, I always kind of take it one step at a time. And I, I, I do have this underlying competitive nature, yeah. um, but you know, that doesn't take away from the fact that, yes, I go into it a little, you know, kind of nervous, <laughs> if you will, yeah, but also know that, um, you know, I think each of these experiences, when you step outside of your comfort zone and then yeah. you prove to yourself, I can do this, I got this. It, it then it builds more confidence along the way to then add to that next step. Right. And, 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 and every time I go into something now, I don't have that. I don't get quite as nervous anymore because I, because I've been there. A few yeah. like, <laughs> Last time I thought this was going to be really hard and I yeah. did it colors, you know, I got this, you know, no one has the, the, the skill set a hundred percent for whatever they're going into. I mean, it's rare, you know, you're usually always going to have some gaps. I mean, we are always as humans developing and improving and the world is constantly changing. So we always are having to evolve and keep up. So I think, uh, you know, focusing on what you do have, the strengths that you have going into something and leveraging those to then kind of fill in the gaps is, yeah. um, is really the, the way I've kind of approached things. Yeah, exactly. And do you think from those learnings that there has been, that, that you have thought more about kind of gender equity and, and how to create that yourself? Do you think that was helped to, to drive you into to wanting to be more involved in, in female empowerment and leadership? I think it's something I, I kind of became more passionate about, um, 
along the way. I, I didn't see as much inequity, I would say, mm-hmm. when I was younger in my careers. And I think even if many of us look at our own companies in our more junior ranks, there is kind of a, a more of a balance in um, kind of the gender ratios. And it's, you know, when you start to get more into the management layers and senior management layers where you see that, um, you know, that that kind of drop off. And so as I started, you know, progressing in my career and seeing that mm-hmm. imbalance start to unfold, um, I started to take more notice and just asking myself why and trying to figure out, okay, how do we prevent that? How do we help empower females. So it's really trying to figure out how we do better um, there. And that's, so I would say that that kind of passion and interest has evolved over time. It, um, you know, just based on my experience. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, as you say, it's one of those things as you do climb the career ladder, it it is more noticeable if you are the only female in the room. And I think, as you say, it's one of those things that, that comes with those, it's not the case in a graduate cohort, right? Typically, right, then right. is more balanced. Going back then, so obviously, you you kind of mentioned it, and though you've always had a love for numbers, but did did you know that this was always going to be the route? You kind of said at the beginning, you didn't think it would be that you were going to be a CFO per se. But what led you down this path? Yeah, I I did always love numbers, and I've always enjoyed um, telling a story with numbers and just. Um, you know, so for me, um, I was, you know, I was fortunate to have some good mentors when I was younger that said, oh, you know, go into fine, study finance in college, you know, that's, that would be a good fit for you. So I had some good guidance in my career. And I think that's important to, that we always surround ourselves with good mentors um, at every step in the journey. But, um, you know, and, and I, so I, and, you know, one thing kind of led to another, um, when it came to those you know, the FMP program at GE was just such a fun program to be able to see all these different areas of finance, because even finance itself is very broad, you know, there's investment banking, corporate finance, private equity, I mean, so many different ways you can go. And even within corporate finance, if someone says, I want to do corporate finance, you know, there's a lot of different uh, kind of functions within corporate finance itself. So being able to see that very early was helpful. Um, I did do one role outside of finance. And I really enjoyed that, but it, but I also was happy to go back to finance. So it, yeah. it did, I think sometimes stepping out and trying something different helps you kind of test the waters. But for me, um, I'm not saying I'll, I would never deviate from finance again, but you know, at least um, finance really is a happy place for me. Um, and, and I think now that the role of a CFO, the role of finance in general has evolved tremendously over the last 20 years. And we're not accountants, you know, we don't just count the numbers. Yeah. We are very strategic partners and, you know, we have that seat at the table with our CEOs, with the COOs and all of our strat- uh, strategic discussions. And that's, what's so fun, you know, it's, um, and so I don't, I don't, and that's where I say telling the story with numbers. It's not just, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I am kind of an extrovert. I love being out there, um, you know, with engaged in the business. Um, yeah. and, and that this position allows me to do that. And I think that that's kind of where I really find joy. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's one of those things, but it's interesting how sometimes we, we know, and I think deep down there is that, 
that insight from our own selves. But as you say, if you've got mentors as well that can help guide, I, I do think that's helpful. Did you have GE lined up as you were coming out of college? Is that how you moved? I did. Yeah. Yes, I did an internship with them, and okay. um, and then that kind of evolved when I was exiting my junior year into a full time role. And I, it was kind of between that and an investment bank. And I'm really glad I kind of went the corporate finance route because I think it's a better fit for, for me and my personality. Uh, so that really, um, you know, really worked out well. And just on that then, so I know, I know that GE was quite a big part of what also shaped your you as a person, I think, throughout your career journey um, and, and how you've become the type of leader that you are what would you say are the most or the three most career defining moments that you've experienced to date so yes I would um we've talked about a lot of them but I would say the army, <laughs> um, yeah you know from a leadership aspect um and kind of just fundamental values and how I kind of operate if you will um and then GE for sure was very fundamental in you know, they really invested a lot in training and development uh, of kind of at all levels of the organization. And I think um, being, and they also really value their, their talent and they would um, really put, you know, even young talent into um, important positions. So you would be um, trusted with a lot of responsibility. And I think having that early in my career was really uh, a, such a great experience for me to kind of continue to step outside my comfort zone. Yeah. And then um, lastly, I think, you know, just um, being a female and navigating the workforce has also been uh, an incredible kind of journey and learning experience. And like I said, um, that has evolved over time and has helped me really uh fine tune how I can help those uh, as well, kind of behind me and navigating that path. Yeah. And I, and I think also, I, I mean, I, we as females bring a different perspective, diversity in general. I think that's why diversity yeah. period is so important in any company, because yeah. you want to, if you surround yourself with those that are just like you, you're never going to evolve your products, your processes. I mean, you know, you're just all going to sit in a room and be like, okay, great idea. Let's go, you know, and you're not going to, you need to challenge each other. And I think having diverse backgrounds and genders, you know, all different kinds of diversity helps add to that, um, you know, dynamics in the business. And so, um, but specifically, I think female diversity, we really bring something special to the table and, uh, and I, yeah, I love, I love to celebrate that. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a big cheerleader of that too. So <laughs> thank you so much for being somebody that, that takes the baton. I think we don't use it and, and celebrate it enough. I think we kind of sometimes feel like we don't have the opportunity to, to create a platform, whereas actually I think we can use it to our advantage, not in a competitive manner, but actually in the, the fact that we do bring diversity of thought and yes. hopefully if we can take people on the journey but as you say sometimes maybe we don't feel confident enough to to speak out to do that so I think it takes those learnings throughout our careers to to get to that point which obviously yes. you mentioned um just flipping that on its head and thinking about any obstacles that you've had to face what what would you say that you've had to overcome throughout your career yeah so I think most of my 
obstacles, um, you know, when it comes to the work environment and, you know, specifically as a woman in leadership really started to present themselves more when I was hitting the management ranks, which also was about the same time that I started having a family. And I think that's really true for a lot of females. Um, you know, you're kind of, when you're young, you're moving up the ladder and then you start to take on more responsibilities on the home front. And, um, and then also work, you're starting to get yeah. management um, uh, kind of responsibilities and it all kind of expands at once and it can be very overwhelming. Um, and, you know, I, I, I had, unfortunately, I would say I had some management and leadership at the time, very old school when it came to kind of females, you know, and, um, I remember even for my kids in daycare, I think pickup was like at six, we'd have to leave by five fifteen to go get them. And, um, my husband actually was working at the same company at the same time. Uh, we we yeah. met there. So a uh, little yeah. cliche, I guess, but we would carpool to, you know, um, for the environment. And uh, so we would both leave. And I felt he, no one ever said anything about him leaving at 515, but I would get indirect comments about, you know, leaving early, even though I would many times be signing back on at night when the kids were home or the kids yeah. were asleep. Um, and that was, hard to figure out, you know, how do I navigate this? Um, and, you know, sometimes one bad manager could mm -hmm. really, you know, sets one person back, you know, that, that could be the straw that makes, breaks the camel's back or that they say, okay, I'm, I'm not cut out for this, you know, and I'm just going to exactly. go stay, be at home. And um, so, so I think it's important that those, you know, we try to really help navigate those type of situations. Um, and I like to think that I don't, I, I mean, I've been very fortunate to, um, you know, I've been in some other situations where I've seen women um, in kind of the banking fields, not uh, respected quite as much as the, the male counterparts. And I, you know, um, I think we as females just need to leverage, especially the leaders, leverage our platforms to um, call out any, uh, you know, any of that kind of behavior that we, that we yeah. see, I haven't seen it in a while, um, which is very encouraging. And, um, and I did actually, even with that one manager scenario, when I was leaving and joining um, another company, actually, I, um, he, he was a nice person. I just don't think he realized how his comments landed and the effect that they had. And so when he asked for feedback, I was very candid with him and I think he appreciated it. And I think it's important that we, um, like I said, that we speak up and say those things. Um, and I didn't feel empowered in the moment when it was happening, but I definitely did say something going back. I think I would have loved to, you know, that's one of those where, yes, if I had yeah. the opportunity to do it again, I probably would have spoken up in the moment because I'm, I'm, I'm more empowered now. Exactly. Um, <laughs> But I think it's like, how do I build that empowerment into the teams that I have and the and the women that are kind of uh, coming up behind me? Yeah, I also think there's probably an element of guilt as to why you didn't speak out and say why, because actually you kind of think, am I doing the wrong thing here? Should I? Yes, yes. How do I balance this? So yes. I, I think, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, every I I get a the question a lot from younger women in my company. Mm -hmm. I mean, just a month ago or so I was sitting down at lunch and 
a younger employee has young kids and she's like, do you have mom guilt? And I said, I actually don't have mom guilt at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think back then in those days I, I did, um, you know, for, you know, call it work guilt or mom guilt. I, I wanted to continue to progress my career. Like I said, I've always been competitive. I wanted to, I, you know, I was working really hard and the fact that I felt like that wasn't being recognized only because of, you know, the fact that I had to get my kids, um, you know, was yeah. frustrating for me and, and learning how to navigate those things, um, is challenging, you know, but, but I, but I did, I mean, I, I did, um, navigate it and, um, and it was important for me during those years that I, you know, that I, that I, I kind of got help, um, kind of to, on those hours. So in the evenings I, we ended up, I ended up getting a nanny eventually to kind of help with pickup. And I'm not saying that that's a solution for everyone. Um, but it was helpful for me just to alleviate some of that kind of pressure. Um, it's very stressful with kids when they're hungry and tired as well. So having a little extra help in the evenings after a long day was good too. But, um, but yeah, I mean, mom guilt is, is a real thing, you know, and I think now with my kids being a little bit older and we can talk and communicate, uh, we always stress the importance of quality of time together versus quantity of time together. And I make sure, you know, when I'm traveling, I am always calling them and FaceTime with them. Um, one of my daughters is a avid reader and I love to read too. So we'll pick a book together and we'll kind of do evening book clubs. Um, you know, so just finding ways, even as a working mother that you can connect with your kids. Um, and like I said, it's more about quality of time versus quantity of time, because the reality of the situation is I just don't have the same quantity of time that maybe some other moms do. And I, and that's okay with me. Um, and I think and hope that my kids will learn to respect that. Yeah, exactly. And I know you touched upon this when, when you and I caught up, but I think that stems from background, right? You obviously had working mom and that I think she was very influential in your life. So maybe do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's where your your female empowerment probably stemmed from. Yeah, absolutely. My mother was, uh, you know, we were kind of an untraditional family growing up because my dad was kind of Mr. Mom, stayed at home. And then my mother worked um, and she was an executive at FedEx. So we moved around a lot growing up and people always say, oh, were you in military family? I said, no, my, my mom worked for, for FedEx yeah. and they moved her around for her job. And, um, and there were, you know, many times I was in a, I was in sports in high school and my mom was not at every game. And I never was upset about that. And I, it, it was funny. Sometimes she would come in for the last quarter of the game and she would be in her suit because women had to wear suits, you know, every day back then. And, um, and, and I was so appreciative of the time that she gave because I knew how hard it was for her to, you know, leave early to attend even that last quarter. So it was never a, why wasn't she here for the whole game? It was like, wow, I'm so thankful that she was there for the quarter. Um, because she, I think she was very, always very open with us about, you know, her job and kind of, yeah. and I always respected what she did. And I thought it was really cool that, you know, she kind of had that, that role and was making a, a difference. Um, and, and it did empower me and showed me what women can do in the work, in the workforce. So I, I absolutely, um, you know, kind of, 
attribute my mom as one of my greatest role models. And I hope that one day my kids, my two girls will kind of feel the same way. Yeah, I'm sure they will. And I, I do think it's, I also think it's really inspiring that your father was at home and your mom took that role, and especially when it probably wasn't as heard of. And I think it wasn't as common. So actually it's quite empowering from your father's side too to say actually I I know where my role is and it's at home with my children so I I just think it's nice that we can create that narrative and it's one of those things that I think we need to try and solve within organizations at the moment is why can't we have why can't people have both and actually what yeah. I think today, the traditional mindset is well you can't do both I think it is important to have um a supportive partner. Um, and I mean, some women choose to have kids on their own without a partner, but even those I would say will, will need help, you know, whether it's from family or they, um, hire a nanny or of some sorts, but, you know, having help, um, and people that can help take some of that load off that you trust, um, uh, is, is really is so important because, Otherwise, yes, I do think society expects moms, especially to play certain roles. And it's very hard to play all those roles and still be successful in business or in your career. And so um, having someone that you can help share that traditional role with is, um, is really important, I think, to, to kind of yeah. balance it all. As you say, it shouldn't have to be on your own you obviously mm -hmm. raise children on your own but you don't have to try and do everything all at once and I think that it's something that as women we sometimes struggle to admit as well yes yes <laughs> yeah thinking about your personal brand Ashley because you really do have a great presence and I know you're a little bit shocked when I said that to you but I think anyone who doesn't know you <laughs> will can see that you do so how have how have you gone about creating that and and obviously, as you've talked about, kind of your female empowerment piece has come along the way. But how can more people advocate for equity within the workplace? Yeah. And I think, uh, yes, when I when I say, um, you know, I, I think we always have I always have a little bit of guilt sometimes about, um, you know, I would love to be able to do so much more with, um, you know, female empowerment and even um even giving back to the community, you know, I do different um, projects and initiatives, but I, I, I think we all would always like to do more, you know, and there's just not enough hours in the day, um, unfortunately. And so, so that's where I always feel, you know, when people say, oh, you, you do a lot. I'm like, oh, I, I always self-doubt a little because I'm like, I wish I could do more. Um, but I, I do, I have, I do think it's important because time is so precious and so limited to prioritize the, your time, um, in kind of how you're going to spend it. And as I said, for me, um, I've really taken up more initiatives that focus on female empowerment. Um, even, you know, we, we have, um, women in technology, there's STEM programs for kids. I mean, just different, uh, there's even girls in, uh, kind of coding, um, so various initiatives that really focus on that kind of female element that I really uh, am passionate about. And, um, and I think that, you know, kind of how I can, I, I always kind of focus my efforts there. Um, because like I said, I don't have as much time these days to, 
to kind of do it all. But, um, but I do think that female agenda is really important in trying to help. And even internally. So we, most companies, a lot of companies have, um, female networks and, uh, you know, whenever I'm traveling to different sites, I love to do, um, happy hours or, lunch and learns, you know, with the, the women's uh, network group, because I think women, especially some, when you're younger in your career, you feel more relaxed and open for asking questions that really get to the heart of some of the issues when you're surrounded by other females versus when you're in just a, maybe a more general lunch and learn where it's all employees or male and female, you know, it doesn't, um, it doesn't take on the same kind of narrative or openness. So, so I really try to uh, embody that even, like I said, internally when I'm traveling within the company, but also with external organizations. Yeah, which is really great. And thank you very much for flying the flag for, for female leaders. I think it's important. And hopefully, as you say, we can pass on the baton. And um, thinking more about that, what do you see? hope to see in the world of empowerment from a a future progress perspective, what more do you think we can do in this space to help female leaders? It's, I think about this a lot, I guess. Um, and I, I don't know that I have uh, the right answer, but, um, but I, you know, from my perspective, I do think that um, kind of early management time period is a, is a critical time to really help make sure that we are developing training, um, providing kind of guidance to those uh, females, even uh, teaching them how to navigate their careers successfully um, to kind of continue to break through the next level. Uh, I, I think that that, you know, kind of that, that group sometimes can get lost in an organization. And, and that's kind of that layer that I feel we need to really latch onto and really help them uh, kind of get over that hurdle, I guess, and, and make it to the next step. I saw this image the other day and I thought it was so good, but it was a racetrack, you know, and you have your lanes, like five lanes, if you will. Yeah. And, um, and there was say three women and three men in suits all lined up in a lane and, uh, the men were on the outside lanes, which typically, you know, you, they have to run, you know, more, yeah. um, the women were on the inside lane, but then they had like laundry and a dishwasher and all these <laughs> things in front of them, kind of like hurdles that they had to get over okay. to be successful. And they all had suits on. And I thought it was, it was just a, a visual of kind of reality sometimes of all those things that, um, are kind of in our way. And, uh, and I thought it was really funny, but, um, that's where that age group, like I said, I think is when all that kind of reality starts to set in and can be very overwhelming. So I like to kind of get in with that, that age group and empower them. Yeah. Which, as you say, is probably the time in their life when maybe they're starting to juggle, getting married, having children, taking on a really big team. So it's, I think, Yes, we struggle to know. And I think sometimes those managers are managing managers and they don't necessarily know how to deal with that either. And I think that's when voices get lost. And if you had to give one piece of advice for women striving to to get to the next point in their career, what do you think that would be? Yes, I think um, 
I think it's important to read the room and maintaining a positive outlook. Um, there's always going to be naysayers, um, no matter if you're male, female, you know, color of your skin, there's always going to be naysayers, but you're also always going to have um, supporters, you know, and, and in a room of 10, maybe in that room of 10, you only have one supporter that day, but latch on and focus on the positive and um, surround yourself by those that believe in you and believe in kind of your brand and what you bring to the table. And then I think also when you are in a situation, in a meeting, in a role, know that people saw something in you that, that got you there. Focus on that and what you bring to the table to kind of build that confidence going in and know that you are there for a reason. And then you can leverage that and then focus on, you know, like I said, the, some of those gaps along the way to kind of um, fill those in and, and work yeah. on them to really kind of um, propel you to the next level. But, but don't never doubt yourself. And I think just focusing on the positive and those that support you and have your back and are your supporters is so important because, um, yeah. You know, there's like I said, there's always going to be naysayers. And if you focus on that, it's just kind of a, a cloud in everything you do. Which is so true. And I think as women, not to generalize, but I do think we maybe dwell on those comments more so. Yes. I've 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 exited meetings before and it's aston astounding to me. And I, I share this with women. I mean, I, I've exited a meeting before and I've had a woman, you know, and this has been several times that they'll be like, can you believe what so-and-so said that was very offensive? And I'm like rewinding the clock, like thinking, what did they say? And yeah. I was like, wow, I didn't, number one, did not perceive it that way. But number two, I probably just didn't focus on it because, you know, there was so much other positive things. And I think sometimes if we're focusing on the negative, um, it can overcome us. Right. And, and, and it's, and it's not, that might've been 1% of an otherwise really good meeting full of, you know, some supporters and, and good comments. So I think we, you know, like I said, really, um, focus on this and, and I've had some great male supporters yeah. in Which my career great. too, you know, that are, um, you know, just, great kind of cheerleaders and ambassadors and really helping navigate um, my career as well. So it doesn't always have to be females. Um, but yes, I think really knowing who those people are um, and surrounding yourself with them and leveraging them is, is so important. Thank you so much, Ashley. I, I genuinely think people will take a lot away from this session. One last question, because we are on the Tea with Tea podcast, is how do you typically take your tea? Ha. So, um, <laughs> black with sugar. Uh, so I think that's a little, uh, different than probably yeah. um, some, but, um, but I also love peppermint tea. That's probably my favorite. So kind of, uh, I went to Morocco recently for the first time and, um, pleasantly surprised with their peppermint <laughs> sweet tea. It was so good. And I, I, I've always loved it. So it was uh, great for me. I drink a lot of tea there. Yes, it's one of it's, gen, it's definitely one of the best places for tea. I, I keep going back and maybe it's because of the tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. It was a really informative session. There's so much that people can take away from this. So really appreciate you joining us. And yeah, thank you. Thank you, Terry. It's absolutely a pleasure.
Thank you. 